Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Once again in the wild, wild wood for some spell casting and dealing with some hell and other things that have complicated our lives over the past four parts. Seasons. But we. Parts. Wait, Seasons. witch. That, this is sort of my time. Witch. Uh. Third witch. Uh. As we gather under this blood moon, we don our witch's caps, set aside our brooms, look deep into our cauldron, and raise our magic conductor sticks into the air. Here it is. Okay, we got through the first thing, so three things, okay, but they're called wands. You've seen... Wands. I, You've seen the Harry Potter series. I'm not right? familiar with that. No, oh. I didn't say no. I, I, the conductor sticks. I were. We've all been. We've all conducted an orchestra in our time. Sure, sure. sure. And, we've all done that, but that's not what witches use. We use wands, and also we recap the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Welcome back to the chilling podcast <sighs> of Sabrina. I am Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the first. Chapter of the last part of Sabrina. Uh, I can't believe it's done. This is such a bummer, but I'm very excited to chat about these episodes anyway, including chapter 29, The Eldric Dark. The Eldric Dark, everybody. This is kicking off. Uh, There's eight episodes this part, uh, I believe. Well, this is, as we all know, and as we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, this is the second part of season two, technically, because there's only been two seasons of Sabrina. Or, as normal people would say, season four, because we've had, uh, this is breaks in between that would constitute a season. You even can't explain it in a simple way, Pete, so I don't think it's simple. It's anything. Look at Ross Geller over here talking about breaks and stuff, am I right? We're on a break! <laughs> uh, let's. We're, we're going to get into recap here. Uh, I, I'm going to do that first, but while I'm doing that, I want you guys to think about how you're feeling going into this final part of Sabrina, these final bunch of episodes, whatever we want to call them, and what you thought about this as a kickoff. So, but just to give everybody the very brief lay of the land, uh, because it's all very simple. There's nothing too complicated that happened previously on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, this uh, recap should be pretty quick as far as I, I, uh, I hope I have so. time There's to think. two Sabrinas. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, Sabrina Spellman broke time in the last bunch of episodes. As you do, as usual with Sabrina Spellman, she figured, rather than solve a problem, why don't I cause more problems while I decide to have it all? Uh, And what she did was she created (laughs) two different Sabrinas, which you find out in this episode they're calling Sabrina Spellman and Sabrina Morningstar. I think they touched on that in the last episode as well. Uh, But Sabrina Morningstar is off ruling hell. 
hanging out with Madame Satan, who is her regent. She is hanging out with Caliban, who is a clay man, uh, not clay man, the comic book artist, but a clay man. He's been Uh, molded, though. He is Mm. looking good, and they're having a good time down there in hell. We'll get to that. Uh, But that's what's going on in hell. Uh, So she has been officially crowned queen of hell, which is a big thing that was playing throughout the entire show. Meanwhile, you got Sabrina Spellman, who's back in Greendale with all of her friends and hanging out and pretty happy about that, even though we ended with time is seemingly about to be broken at the end of the last season. Uh, But that doesn't mean just because she not solved that problem, but I guess caused that problem, that there aren't even more problems coming Greendale's way, specifically something that Father Blackwood, the former head of the Church of Night, has been threatened for a very long time. The Eldric terrors are coming. The deep, horrible evils right out of an H.P. Lovecraft story are coming out of the earth. We've had those teased as well, and that's finally coming to bear this season. He has broken away from the Church of Night uh, after being hunted down by his daughter Prudence and her uh, former boyfriend, I guess now, Ambrose. Um, Yeah. He did a very bad job of hunting him down. He went a little crazy, grew a beard, uh, but then shaved it off and is doing all right now. He also, (laughs) and this is, I think, uh, we could all agree, the true tragedy of the show, the worst thing that has ever happened, uh, caused the death of Dorcas. Yes. Dorcas Uh, is God. I know everybody remembers, A, who Dorcas is, and B, is upset about this. Dorcas is gone from the show, and the show is never going to be the same. And I got to be honest, as soon as I saw her name wasn't in the credits, I stopped watching the episode. Smart. Oh, good. This will yeah, be a yeah. shorter, shorter episode, I guess, uh, with all yeah. this Dorkish dish we got to usually plow through. I, I tell you, the show missed her. I mean, there was obviously a big hole in the show. Uh, yeah, the I only part, yeah, no, I think there was just a hole in one scene where someone went way in the back of the shot would have been standing, and now she's not there. What was great was I appreciated them keeping that spot empty, you know, honoring Dorcas exactly. that way. Exactly. You know, somebody else might try to fill that spot, you know, but you know, keeping it empty, that's that's smart. I mean, that reminds me, Pete, uh, I know we're not supposed to see each other in person. We're doing this digitally this year over Zoom, but are you going to be at the Dorcas Honors this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. risking my life for that. Oh, <laughs> oh you're going in person. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're man. presenting. You're presenting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, best Dorcas at a Dorcas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's also Agatha, who is the third of the Weird Sisters. She has fallen under Father Blackwood's sway. Uh, that's kind of where we last left her. Meanwhile, though, the Church of Night has transformed. They now uh, pray to Hecate, the three-faced moon goddess. They have more power than ever before. Uh, they are led by Aunt Zelda and uh, mostly by Aunt Hilda as well, uh, Sabrina's aunts. Uh, they are leading the school. They're trying to build it back up again. Uh, so that's very nice for them. Uh, and then there's uh, Sabrina's human. Human friends, lots of stuff going on with them. There's Roz, who has a second site called The Cunning. She is now dating Harvey Kinkle, who is Sabrina's ex. Uh, and then there's also Robin, who is wait, what do we? He's a good the goblin. Yeah. Goblin. Yeah. He's you. a good fellow. Goblin. He's a goblin. He is dating Theo. So there are two hot and heavy couples. Couples oh, over. So Delphi. much PDA. Yeah, so they should have renamed this episode Megan Out. Mm. And speaking mm. of which, uh, where we left off at the end of the last season with Nick Scratch, the original bad boy, Ooh-hoo. is he was the original sad boy hanging yes. out with Prudence. And it seems like things have quite picked up as we get into this episode. But before we do that, 
as I mentioned before, what was your overall take here going into this final part? What were you expecting and how did this episode hold up to that or not? Um, well, what I like about what they establish in this episode is it seems like it's going to be a very clean sort of ladder um, of a season. Like uh, there's the Eldritch uh, Terrors. Uh, yeah, uh, there the Elders' terrors are going to be sort of the, the the problem we're dealing with. We're with it right from the beginning, and in a show that has so much going on, like that was so many details, so many characters. You didn't even touch on Marie, who's dating Zelda, oh, right. <laughs> uh, who like showed up at the end of last season as like a witch from another. There was like the round the world witches that they called in at the end of last season. Like there's so many things going on. So I like the idea that they're all going to be sort of collaborating to solve this one big problem. So very excited about that. And it was great just to be back. This show's really good. It's, it looks really good. Um, It's scary at the right times. There are themes that they fold in just in this episode alone. I think are really, uh, really resonant. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, later on. But, yeah, I, I was very happy to be watching this episode. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I, it was I, I'm very happy that it was back. Um, I feel like it was one of those things I was like, yay. And then I kind of like immediately got a little frustrated with Sabrina and the way things unfolded a little bit. Uh, but um, I do. It was kind of weirdly anticlimactic where it was like Sabrina kind of like locale uh, trying on outfits. And then she was like, where are my aunties? Because I was expecting a big like, yeah, we're all together. Let's start this new season. This is the well, last it's the one. middle of the season. It's the middle of the season, Pete. That's the thing. It's just the well, mid-season. That's the thing. It's not the middle of the season. Okay, this is the last season that we'll ever have with this. And I was like pumped for this first episode of the last season. Like, I'll remember where everybody was. And they were like, yeah, aunties aren't here. They're doing stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, But uh, it was, we still got a lot of cool, like cousin moments. I was happy about that. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's some things I want to talk about once we get into the episode, but I'm, I was very excited that it's back. It's great just to hear the theme song and everything again. Uh, So yeah, it's fun. Well, I, I like the new credits. Uh, I thought yeah, they were yeah. fun and dark and some good, whether it's actually Robert Hack art or just inspired by it. Uh, really good stuff, as usual. And I love them mixing it up and creating some new graphics in there. So that was fun. And the whole episode, I mean, to the point that you're saying, Pete, it's a surprisingly like light ease in to these last couple of episodes. Um, but I love uh, to what you were saying, Justin, the theme here of Sabrina's loneliness and what does she mean now that we've essentially reached the end of her story? She's been crowned queen of hell. What's next? Why are we still going with the show? And this episode gives us the answer to it. I think in a really nice way. The answer is Melvin. Apparently the answer as always is that you don't, you're not down with Melvin. I'm not down with Melvin. I don't like how Melvin threw shade at her, and then she still asked him out at the end. I, I was Are excited. You down with a Melvin, down with a belt, right? Is that puddle of mud or something? Oh. Yeah, you're talking to the wrong witches, my man. <laughs> uh, Should we start I, through this? Uh, well, I'm I'm interested to hear what Justin's like theme, like how. Uh, darkness miners uh, represent uh, uh, some kind of theme. Um, but I think I, 
I was excited to see the, you know, a lot of shows don't do the Vader choke. Um, so it was fun to see that kind of done uh, on right that show. Gate. Yeah, uh, right out of the gate, just Vader choke some people. The, I think the minors, the theme is, um, it, it's complicated, but I'll lay it out for you. Yep, minors, you when you're in high school, you're a minor. And so these minors represent Whoa. minors in a lot of ways. <laughs> wow. uh, no, what I'm talking about is. Man, depression. that was crazy. I feel like the, what's running through this is depression. Um, and yeah. the way yeah. you, uh, there's sort of this darkness, these, uh, this, this, the terror of this episode anyway, I don't know if it will continue to be sort of that on theme, is like isolation, loneliness, and uh, that sort of depression where you can't get out of it. But I like dealing with with these things uh, for the show, a show that is about like uh, the occult darkness, it, like it's about sort of being on the fringe of society. And I think that uh, plays with like when I'm watching this show, I, I'm like, oh, yes, I remember being on the outside of different friend groups in when I was a kid and all that. And so to have to really deal with depression and isolation for the real people who watch the show, I think is a very, very cool idea. Also, I think it's very interesting because this show is kind of like a uh, newer take. You know, we're dealing with uh, uh, gender identity and all these kind of like cool things. They're also like getting rid. They're literally killing uh, stereotypical uh, characters like the old timey prospector uh, slash hobo. You know, mm-hmm. so like you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's a prospector. What do you? What about uh, him as a prospector? He didn't. He wasn't panning for gold. I believe he had one of those he's big out, He's hang, <laughs> hanging outside of a mine next to a barrel fire. You know, he didn't have the stick with the little uh, spindle on it. But I mean, he was an old timey hobo slash think, prospector. Yeah, I'll give you a hobo, but he's not a prospect. Hobos and prospectors <laughs> are very different. Uh, prospector was, was a job, technically. Um, where you go and just maybe find some gold. I guess a lot of prospectors became hobos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Yeah. Well, you know, a hobo is just one strike of gold away from being a great prospector. Um, uh, by the way, that was a great t-shirt you made, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. My, well, let's my get into the episode. Crew. Let's actually start talking through the stuff instead of just bouncing around it. Uh, so as we mentioned, totally new credits. Uh, we open up with Father Blackwood writing notes insanely. He's clearly mind broken. He's like at this buried point. in notes. Uh, but interesting choice, I thought, with the scene. He looks directly in the camera at us when he says the Eldritch Terrors are upon us. Um, what did you think about that choice? Just because that was very surprising to me right in the first scene, personally. It was weird, but I, I'm, I was down for it. it. It reminded me of like, like old, almost like Twilight Zoney. Uh, like it, it is a weird choice to start the season with being like, "No, you're the one who's in trouble." Like it's like, "Wow, okay." Uh, but I, I, I think it's cool. It makes him feel even crazier. I think because he's out, he's doing, he's. Talking to the camera, he's like ordering lunch, uh, mm-hmm. going from, behind the camera, getting some crafty. Yeah, he's getting some yeah. Crafty. He's like, he's like, hey, wow. this is our sound guy. Yeah, the sound uh, guy gets we it. <laughs> we meet the miners. Uh, we were talking about they're very creepy. If you ever watched Doctor Who, they reminded me a lot of the Are You My Mummy people, um, and they actually seemed. And I say this complimentary. They seemed very Doctor Who villains to me, which are always like. 
look the same, often very faceless, often doing the same thing, uh, walking very slowly places and doing these creepy things like turning off lights. And I like that. Like you were talking about, Justin, that's a very different mode for the show. Um, so they weren't very active villains necessarily, but they are creepy villains. And I thought that was nice. Yeah, and I think putting them as sort of a force of nature that um, the the Fright Club and everybody sort of fighting against them, they're not good at dealing with that stuff. They're good at dealing with monsters that they can like trick or negotiate all, with or something. And all this, I got to say – oh, go ahead. Sorry, you go. I, mean, I was just going to say they're lucky that these were slow uh, miners because they really took their time and everybody in the show acted like it was their first day on the set where they're like nothing suspicious about these miners or deaths of old timey characters in our show. We should just continue like nothing is happening. Well, yeah, that's I one mean, of the it, big debates in fiction, right? Is do you prefer slow miners or fast miners? Which do you think are scarier? Yeah, uh, and I gotta go with slow miners every time. Uh, classic. No. See, I think I like the updated fast miners because they're yeah, yeah. a little I more realistic. Parkour miners who are gonna get you know get down to business. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but all right, we gotta. We're, talk. All, we're all talking. We're all talking about the same thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're all on the same page. I love it when a good parkour biter gets down to business. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got to talk about the death of old Gus. All right, I mean, it was really, it was about? really you heartbreaking. Spent so much time on this already. It's, it was fucking <laughs> heartbreaking. You know, come on, who doesn't have a drink for old Gus? You know, uh, it is very funny. Yeah, we should definitely let's pour one out. Let's take the next couple of minutes and really moment of silence for uh, old Gus. Um, now. It is weird that he, he Wait, literally... Wait, you can't say moment of silence for old Gus and keep talking. Let's have a moment, please. No, we're not doing a moment I also appreciate the fact that I actually had whiskey and I was like, cheers with my whiskey. And Pete was like, I have La Croix. Yeah, just a little <laughs> LaCroix. Matt, Pete, what if you died and the only thing we poured out for you was like a fashionable seltzer? How yeah. would you feel about that? Okay, all right. I'm sorry I don't have my uh, gin handy. I'm, I'm starting to think you don't respect old Gus. Yeah, don't you dare say that. I'm the only one still talking about him. That I've never fallen in love with a character and then been so heartbroken immediately. I, I just, uh, I, it was just such a fun. Come on, old Gus. And then, I mean, like, the fact that he was able to say his name to the uh, ongoing the terror coming at him, and he's like, oh, "You wouldn't kill old Gus, right? Gus, yeah, I'm a, was... I'm a community theater character." <laughs> <laughs> And then All right, everybody, here. I think this is a great time to take a break here on the podcast. But when we come back, more on Old Gus and Dorcas. <laughs> uh, uh, let's, let's actually try to get through this a little bit farther. Uh, we finally see Sabrina again after the climactic events with Old Gus. Uh, she's trying on clothes. She heads well, down. Oh, I thought that was the there. end. Sorry, I thought that was the end of the episode. There was more after Old oh, Gus. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah there was a cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I will say it's nice to see just Ambrose hanging downstairs, being like, yes. "I don't want to talk to you, Sabrina." That's a terrible Ambrose accent, but yeah, you know what I mean. Really just bad. That that to me, Borderline that was racist. the thing you were looking for, Pete. Was that sense of comfort of okay, we're back in the show. This yes. is nice. It definitely also, felt that it, way. It was funny because Ambrose was like, "I don't want to go to the movie theater. Too many people." And I was like, "Ooh, this got real." Yeah, I don't want to be around people either, Ambrose, but I don't think we're talking about the same thing. Mm. 
You barely uh, ever are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then over at school, uh, the former Fright Club is hanging out, and we get a lot of information here. Uh, they're yes. talking about uh, – Sabrina wants to talk about supernatural stuff. All they want to talk about is real stuff that's going on. Specifically, Roz feels like there should be sex education classes uh, in the school. This obviously Riverdale. Sabrina, uh, Riverdale, yes, shout Riverdale out. Reference. Riverdale, shout uh, Riverdale even has condoms in the bathroom. I certainly hope they do because everybody's over there fucking all the time. Yeah. Um, and this also, of course, drives a wedge with Sabrina, who A, isn't with anybody right now, and B, yeah. hasn't actually had sex like everybody else. Um, and I, I like the way the scene played out. I thought it was nice for setting up the human Fright Club conflict of the episode. Also, now, they, they just they, started hardcore making out in front of Sabrina like she wasn't in the room at all. I mean, that was good. pretty pretty cold. Yeah, it's and then Roz cold. was like, "Hey, you you kind of moved down without us, so we're it's just pretty, gonna pretend yeah, like you're later, not here." It's pretty cold on everyone's part. Like Harvey, nothing. Roz, nothing to say about that. I mean, I didn't feel any sort of tension on the old Harvey Sabrina relationship yeah. throughout yeah. this episode at all. Like that's old news. Do you really think that, or? I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I'm sort of a Nick Scratch guy. I'm sort of oh, a, okay. a, 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 a bad boy. <laughs> um. But that's also old news. No Sabrina and Nick Scratch at all. Nick Scratch that, is like, peace, see you later. And maybe I'm a little biased, but it felt like the tension for Sabrina was more about Nick Scratch a little bit than it was. Mm-hmm. Harvey, it was, it was definitely like, oh, this is annoying. And I don't have friends, but it wasn't like she was like, ooh, I got to get me some of that kinkle. No, yeah. this episode, for some reason, was all about Carl, the guy in the background. Well, I will say, uh, this is one thing that worries me a little bit about the fact that whatever Carl happened with Dorcas. the Dorcas. Yes, Carl, uh, Melvin was with Dorcas. Pete. Get That's, your facts fucking straight. I said straight. Carl's the new Dorcas, you oh, asshole. Carl's the new Dorcas. Uh, sure. Uh, you're not going to sell me on that one. But... Uh, this is the one thing that worries me a little bit about the show abruptly ending at the end of these episodes is I don't know if we're going to get a proper resolution to the whole Sabrina, Harvey, Nick thing. Maybe we will. And obviously whatever we're going to be left with is what we're left with. But that does make me a little apprehensive about the ending. Yes, especially when, um, to jump ahead briefly, she does pursue uh, a potential relationship with Carl and Melvin at the end of the episode. Which are yeah. like they're Harveyer Harveys. Like, why is she chasing the Harvey when she's, she's got, got a type, man? No, she's well, she's got the Nick Scratch fever just waiting on the side. No, she, she set up a no, classic she... Mrs. Doubtfire situation. So that's pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. she did. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's if you're using that term correctly. I don't think if <laughs> no, someone says like, if someone said to you like, oh, I had a crazy thing last night. I had a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. I think they would be like, oh, you discovered that an employee of Two yours. Dates? Oh, <laughs> no, wait, no. what were you going to say? Yeah. An employee of yours was a uh, was secretly in disguise as someone who you uh, broke up with. Was that Mrs. Doubtfire? Was that the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire? Because I only remember the two dates thing. What, what two dates? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, two he, had dinners. he had two dinners. Yeah, he had two dinners at the he same had to go time. Back had to and be forth. Mrs. Doubtfire and Stop Raiders watching that movie. movie. Stop watching that movie. That movie can go. It's good. No, how dare you? 
That's a Robin Williams classic, and fuck you for saying that. Here's what yes. I think. I think no. this is jumping ahead a lot. Uh, the first episode, we get the miners of the Eldritch Terror. The second episode, the Eldritch Terror is going to be Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. It was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> I think we know what's happening. Uh, so we get a couple of uh, encounters with the miners throughout the episode. Amber seizes them, as Pete mentioned. He's kind of like, it doesn't do anything. Well, just walks away I, like nothing is happening. Like people walk town. through. Don't, miners, no. the gas he mask miners. clearly stole the light from that lamppost. Ambrose knows better. Well, this I will like, say, everyone was being sort of goofily unaware. Like, uh, yeah, Har- Harvey and the, just, and the scene we just talked about, Harvey's like, yeah, one of my favorite old hobos was murdered at the mines. And it's yeah. like, what are you talking about, Harvey? A. B, Sabrina's like, was he murdered? And they're like, no, 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 it wouldn't be murdered. He just yeah, died well, clutching his throat near his little barrel fire. Normal <laughs> stuff. Normal stuff. <laughs> Nothing weird happens in this town. Yep. It's definitely not murder. Like, uh, did you guys just all wake up out of a coma? Are you not aware of everything that's been happening? Well, they're ready to move on. They saved the whole world, uh, so they changed time. They're good with it, so they're ready to move on to nice, normal stuff, which I think uh, I get, um, even if they are being a little ridiculous about not noticing this stuff. Uh, one other thing that I forgot to mention in the recap, so we also catch up with Miss Wardwell, who yeah. is the human version of Madam Satan. A lot of doubles in the show at this point. Yes. But Miss Wardwell finally remembers that Sabrina wiped her mind, made her forget all about witches. So she's really cracking up a lot this episode. Uh, and to follow her arc a little bit, um, she gets approached by, what are they called? The Pilgrims of the Night Church? Is that yeah. what Father Blackwood's yes. thing is? And I, w- I want to do a quick shout out for Pilgrims of the Night, which is a, a play by Len Jenkin. I wonder if this is a, a specific reference that um, Roberto Aguirre-Sacas is making. It was one of the first plays I ever did when I was in college. Uh, love it. And so to see Pilgrims of the Night here, I was like, ooh, that's a that's a cool, cool ref. Um, yeah. Oh, well, that's definitely a purposeful ref. He's a he's a theater dude through and through. So, yeah, uh, that's all right. Awesome. Just Justin's flex about being in stuff in school aside. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Scott Pilgrim while we're shouting out Pilgrims. You know, it's a good oh, book. Okay. You guys should check it out. Great movie. Uh, I'd less. like to shout uh, shout out Billy Pilgrim, who has become unstuck in time. <laughs> wow, good. All great refs, guys. All great refs. Yes. Uh, so uh, she gets approached by Agatha, uh, who is posing as a denizen of the Night Church, goes there at uh, Father Blackwood's uh, preachings. He's using an American accent. He tells them, if the darkness approaches you, you embrace the darkness. And actually does save Miss Wardwell later on when the miners yeah. attack the school. Seems she like horrible advice at, at so, the time. What do you think about this plot line, and where do you think this is going? Because I I still feel like Miss Wardwell feels like this loose appendage kind of hanging out of the show, so I don't know yes. how it's going to loop in yet, uh, but I'm certainly interested to see where it's going to end up. Well, the thing is, like, she is an amazing actor and, like, is fantastic in this show, so she has, like, a couple episodes where she's got to be a little down and out until she can kind of get rolling again. I'm fine with it. She She's unbelievable. She can do whatever she wants. Um, I agree with you, Alex. Like, I don't know... Um, I don't know where she sits, but I do think if she is sort of rising to power in this uh, Church of the Night, the new Pilgrims of the Night Church, uh, that may be a spot for her to land. She ends up sort of inadvertently being with Blackwood and sort of falling under his um, his domain. That makes sense to me. Yeah. 
so that's what's going on there. Uh, then we go over to the school. Zelda is playing to Hecate, uh, their new god. They name a maiden, a mother, and a crone. Zelda is the crone. Hilda is the mother. And the maiden is Prudence. Prudence? Super, again, very much passed over. What uh, the Really f- hitting the theme very hard here. Pete, you're upset about this one? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like from the start they were keeping it in the family. Like, okay, Zelda, Hilda, Prudence? That's out of left field. That is just cold. I mean, even for Auntie Z, who is the colder of the aunties, that's that's hitting below the belt a little bit. Hasn't Sabrina got enough attention? Like, we can move on to some other witches. Yeah, but... it was just rude. It's a slap in the face. Obviously, the first the first three parts of this show are mostly Dorcas focused, and now that she's out of the way, it's nice that Prudence gets a shot. Wow. <laughs> um, I I do like actually that this emphasizes the idea that Sabrina doesn't always need to be the star, and that's what ultimately drives her to risk things later on, which we're getting to in a moment, uh, where Sabrina talks to Hilda about being very bummed that nobody's paying attention to her. Everybody's doing their own thing. Uh, and Hilda says, Hey, why don't you create a supernatural mystery for them to solve? So she comes up with this whole bloody Mary thing where Salem poses as bloody Mary gets the scares, uh, Billy, right? Yeah. Uh, We also saw pop up on Riverdale last season. Uh, in the bathroom with Bloody Mary. It's actually Salem. Fright Club gets back together. She's, Sabrina immediately knows what to do, but of course she's built it up. They go into the school, track down Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary explodes, gets blood all over Harvey, and the gang's all back together again. Yeah. Except Roz, of course, Roz knows that it's not knows. real. She figures she's it out. Totally suspicious right out of the I gate. I mean, you could tell just by the size of the smile on Sabrina's face, but Roz has used a little cunning as well. But mm-hmm. Now, it felt, I don't know, the cunning seemed like it doesn't actually do that or didn't last season. The cunning wasn't like you can bust your friends for lying. Yeah, you, she could like, oh, you're lying. But, you know. Yeah. I guess well, the cunning's like changing. You never know what the cunning's going to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I did like the resolution to this regardless that Roz talked to Sabrina and Sabrina's like, I'm worried about everybody changing. And she's like, dude, you have changed more than anybody. You almost became queen of hell. They don't know that she split into two people or anything like that. Um, but her being like, yeah, we're all changing. We're growing up. We're getting older. But also at the same time, we're still going to be friends. I think it was kind of nice, and I also like the move, even though it's very frustrating. The screen is like, uh-huh, okay, I'm going to make things worse now. I would just like to kind of jump in and just kind of like say that it was the way she uh, Roz started this conversation. I thought it was going to be like, well, you see, Sabrina, we're at an age where things are changing. Uh, not only our worlds, but our bodies. You know, we're going through a, a big change. Uh, no, but it was a little no, bit. No, keep going, Pete. Keep going. I want to I know just more about like it was I a, want to know where this is going to land, Pete. No, but I just thought that Roz... It actually, it's good to know that you can do this because I have two daughters and I think this <laughs> okay. would be great to have this. And in fact, why don't you just keep going? I'll just play this recording to them when oh, they get yeah, to that, that age. You're a great parent. Uh, I think that... Uh, yeah, we've been slowly Roz, peppering information about puberty through every podcast we do for, for our children after we're gone. Yep. Again, I, something I always say is I can't wait for my children to, after I die, be able to come back and listen to me say um, dumb shit for uh, on podcasts <laughs> for so much. Uh, we, we, what a record we're leaving behind. I did think it was a little cold of Roz to be like, you are the one who changed. 
You know what I mean? Like, you could at least try to be a little bit more understanding of, like, hey, it's kind of fucked up. Everybody's just making out in front of me, and I'm kind of getting ignored over here a little bit. Could you at least acknowledge the fact that that's a little cold? And Roz is like, nah, it's on you. Um, but I do still like their friendship, and uh, I'm. I, it was kind of nice the way they kind of had a little chat, just the two of them. Do you prefer... Pete Broody or Puber Pete? Which is, which like do you think is more catchy for your lecture series for children? Yeah, yeah I know what you're doing and I don't Puber like Pete, you. I think. Yeah, great. Puber Pete. That's Puber. how we probably said it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we find out, uh, we move on and find out what's going on with these miners. Uh, specifically, it see uh, Ambrose figures out that they have the same patterns as from the Kinkle mining disaster. Salem 19- figures it out. Ambrose was almost figured out, and then Salem was like, "Nah." Yes. Do you think Salem's Salem- going to talk by the end of this? Do you I think Salem's so. going to get sassy? I'm firmly on the side of I don't want the cat to talk. I do think it's interesting that Salem is really repping a lot more in this uh, in this episode yeah. than in any and season s- before. S- Salem is uh, not kind of talking English, but doing a lot of hissing, a lot of communicating with the <laughs> the humans. And I I appreciate what they're doing to kind of, if you're not going to have her talk, have her more a part of the show, which I appreciate. As a new cat owner, Pete, do you feel like you sort of have a greater connection with this cat or mm-hmm. like you can almost understand the cat? Because it well, feels like the way you just said that is like that cat's not speaking English, but it is speaking. Yeah, I, I it's funny having a cat. I, I was kind of talking a little bit like, yeah, you're right, Salem. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I I did really like this scene. Like I thought the three bodies um, sitting up when they, after they sort of conjure them, uh, I thought was really cool. Another just great, creepy scene that is well, uh, well made. Uh, also the way they all sounded like um, Father Blackwood was also really cool and well done. Really? Yeah, they kind of had Father Blackwood's cadence and kind of the, like exactly the way he had said those phrases. It was pretty cool. Oh, there were echoes of him, his kind of like. I, f- I feel like they were just being like spooky. Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we find out we find out uh, that <laughs> the miners are the first Eldritch Terror. Uh, they're going to keep coming and coming until darkness has enclosed the entire world. Ambrose is, as usual, completely freaked out about it. Uh, they astral project into the mines and find a big old tar pit in there full of darkness. They decide to head back, and Prudence is there. She's going to kill Father Blackwood this time. And at this point, all the lights go out in town, and everybody gets together uh, to try to figure out a plan. Sabrina. Real quick, though, before we jump, move in th- that far ahead, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Scratch here. Oh, um, sure. Because he is fully, like, he's he's a fully formed bad boy at this point. The he's alert team is Prudence just, is what he is. Yeah, but I'm just talking about him. I don't his relationships. You know, when you're a bad boy like that, it's hard to even keep track of the, your relationships and stuff. Like the way that it's going to come at you that way. But he's mm-hmm. got the full black leather jacket. He is uh, sort of. He's just beyond. He's fully become the bad how boy about, that we all. How about the fact that he wanted to kind of uh, team up with the humans and was like, "Hey, I had fun last time." That's not a bad boy thing to say. Hey, I had fun. No, I, I'll tell I, you what. I think our bad boy has gone through a little puber Pete and grown up and become a bad man. Ooh, wow. Interesting. Bad man alert. 
Mm-hmm. Eh, it's a little less fun. Yeah. <laughs> a little less fun. <sighs> Just a sad slide whistle. That's the that alert is. Uh, so <laughs> Sabrina... As a very dumb idea that still works out kind of anyway, even though Ambrose has reported, uh, repeatedly warned her that she will basically cause a crisis on infinite Earths if she tries to yep. beat herself in hell. Her first thought is, why don't I, as Sabrina Morningstar, or rather Sabrina Spellman, I can create light, right? So let me join with my other self with Sabrina Morningstar, and we can both create enough light to drive back the darkness. She heads down to hell, and a spoiler for the end of the episode obviously works out fine, but I definitely was watching this being like, Sabrina, what the, what are you doing? You're just, you're She's getting bored, you so she wants to go to hell and see, exactly. see what's going on yes, down there. Yes, right. What I love is when anyone tells her no, she's like, oh, well, um, that's definitely the plan. Yeah. No matter what it is, <laughs> yeah. if you tell her no, she's like, well, that's 100% what I'm doing. I don't care if it's a bad idea. I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to explode all of uh, existence. I'm going to do it because I'm bored at Earth and I want to see what hell is like. And, of course, hell is a nonstop prom dance party. Hell, you know now, it's hell because the squirrel nut zippers are playing. Now, do you think in hell they play songs about hell? Because I feel like that's a little... It'd be like if you were at the the Hotel California and they were like, check it out, Hotel California. <laughs> I th- I, or if you're at the Monster Mash and they're playing the Monster Mash. I feel like they're thing. just constantly playing Christmas music down in hell. But it'd be, it'd be as a way of punishing you? Yeah. But if you if you were finally were like, hey, uh, Pete, it's me, Santa. Come visit my house. And he's playing like, like Jolly St. Nick tracks it's like dude take a break from yourself i would I mean, tell you santa's a rage against the machine guy the that song yeah. is a totally fine song it definitely santa gave, fucks santa <laughs> fucks i think is what you're saying pete yeah. it definitely gave me a lot of dark flashbacks to the point when uh everybody was walking around wearing suspenders and short pads and everything so not great, but fun dance with Sabrina Morningstar and Caliban dancing yeah. through hell. That was enjoyable. Uh, also really like Sabrina Spellman coming in dressed as one of the bellhops. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was super cute. And they had a fun conversation together. And it was clear, I think, from this point when they're both like, everything's great, going great in our respective lives. It's hard to remember when you're looking at Sabrina Morningstar. She is also Sabrina. So, of course, she's actually having a terrible time and wants to be doing the other thing other than she's been doing because that's consistent with Sabrina. Uh, So I like that. I thought there was really good characterization across the board and good acting from Kiernan Shipka in what would otherwise have been a very confusing situation. Yes, um, and we get another one at the end of the episode that I think is like it's the acting work is good and the the doubling scenes which are hard. Uh, and then we go into big ending action sequence where a lot of different stuff is going on. Um, Marie explains that this is only the beginning um, of everything that's happening. This is why she is here. They need to contain Greendale and keep the darkness inside. Meanwhile, Miss Wardwell, as we mentioned earlier, gets threatened by the miners. She also gives Sabrina an F on her paper, which is pretty rude. Uh, and mm. the whole uh, team works together, Theo and Robin using lanterns to lure the miners to the carnival, which is still there. That's fun. I was, why season. would they leave that set up? I'd be like, let's take down the carnival. I got really excited. I was like, oh, they created a creepy carnival for all the miners. That's going to be so nice. And they don't even let them get on any of the rides or anything before they shut off all the lights. I thought that was super mean. 
You sympathize with the miners? Well, I thought they were going to have some fun. How fun would it be to see the miners all like in the carnival, like playing Mm -hmm. games and on the roller coaster and stuff, you know? Yeah. Ferris wheel trying to win a prize. Yeah. It, I gotta be honest. The, I don't the know if you remember way. this, but the miners killed old Gus. It feels like you don't you care for more for his murderers than oh, you care for yeah. old Gus. You really spun Pete. that around against me there. Yeah, wow. There I can't believe you poured out a Lacroix for old Gus, and now you're not even <laughs> respecting him. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spit this whiskey right back in my glass because I don't even care anymore. Uh-oh. Hey, thank you for uh, holding it in your mouth all this time. By the way. Yeah, it's been very hard to talk. So, Theo and Robin use the lantern to salute the Myers to the carnival. Roz and Harvey lead them into a tent, and everybody works together, doing a spell to seal it. I thought that was very cool and fun, uh, just everybody doing a spell at the same time. Um, meanwhile, the Sabrinas head into the darkness with the lantern, or rather, uh, Sabrina Morningstar does. Um, Morningstar, The darkness yeah. preys on Sabrina's loneliness. Uh, Spellman heads in after her, uh, and that's when they realize that they're both lonely, but they have each other together. Uh, and to Justin's point about the theme, ultimately the coven supports Sabrina. They realize they're not alone after all. Everybody's working together, and the light shines bright and banishes the darkness. The miners disappear, and we're left with another terrible situation <laughs> where the Sabrinas have trapped all the darkness inside a giant light bulb, and Ambrose just doesn't know what to do with it. Light bulbs famously safe. Yeah. Famously, yes. uh, the keep that on lock yeah. never breaks. Well, this, Especially this a loose feels a light lot bulb. like the oh, this feels a lot like the egg for the last part, which they got in the first episode or two. It was like, oh, that's going to go wrong at some point. Yeah, a lot of very um, smashable cages for the supernatural in this show. Yeah, um, I did think uh, very Frozen Two vibes um, in the scene where the down in the um, in the mine with the Sabrina's trying to uh, keep the light going. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought uh, Nick Scratch being with the the Fright Club and then utterly failing, I thought was a weird choice. Like, they died, basically. They were, yeah. if they hadn't have solved the, if the rest of the team hadn't come together, they would be straight up dead. Well, I think it was more about Sabrina, or in this case, Sabrina's trying to figure out, oh, actually, we are still important to everybody. We are still the linchpin. The show's named after us. It's not the chilling adventures of everybody else, you know? You think oh, that's, that's what really cool, made them come around? Cool it's like, wait, no, the show's named after us as they looked right into the camera. Is that? I wish. The, the chilling adventures of Pete Birdie. Oh, boy. <laughs> Puber Pete. Mm-hmm. Let's keep let's keep that going. Let's get a Twitter poll going for that. I think yeah. people will really want to weigh in on that. I'll post it. I'll definitely remember oh, to post please, that. Uh, and then uh, and just to wrap up here, uh, Father Blackwood reveals there are eight terrors in total, and he's like, Agatha is like, ooh, what are they? And he's like, yeah, you just got to hit that Netflix play next episode button yeah, to find exactly. out, buddy. <laughs> Keep watching. Oh, man. Relax, uh, Agatha. Just wait for the next episode to start. We skip the credits, so we'll get right into the action. Yeah, it's fine. It's like five seconds. Don't get too upset about it. Unless you're a below-the-line person, in which case, kind of rude. Just maybe watch through the credits. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of people Let's give everyone the credit they're due. The end credits, the opening credits. Anyway, I'm Father Blackwood, Blackwood, and this has been Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. (laughs) Uh, Just to wrap up here, as we mentioned, uh, she asked Carl out to an alien marathon and then then Melvin to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. She loves movies. That's a lot of movies. That is too many movies to be watching. I got to be honest. Too many. And what what do you think the deal is with her asking out Carl and, and Melvin? 
bored. I think it's she has horrible ideas. Horrible ideas. Just trying stuff. She's going forward. She's not allowing herself to be sulky and lonely anymore. Everybody else has something. So the way that she's looking at it, I think she's looking at it exactly how she explains it. It's like, relax, it's just dates. I'm just going on some dates. It's not a big deal. But it's going to be a big deal for Carl. It's going to be a big deal for Melvin. And as usual, she's not going to realize the impact of her actions or the spur-of-the-moment thing she's doing, and it's going to fall back on her in a bad way. Yeah, you don't cross Melvin. Yeah, Melvin no. was Melvin's a bad been choice. burned. He's been Carl burned. Carl had kind of like a sweet moment with Billy in the bathroom where he was like, "Why would you do that?" And you kind of like, "Oh, maybe Carl's a good guy." Uh, but yeah, the Melvin sympathy ask out was a was a poor choice. I think I take a look at Melvin and I'm like, "Uh oh, bad boy alert!" No, whoa. Maybe there's a new bad boy in town. No. Seems like you're melting for Melvin. That's whoa, right. Boy. Uh, and then we ended with dancing with myself, the Sabrina's dancing together, just kind of chatting about stuff, almost getting caught by the aunties. Um, fun stuff. Fun first episode. It was Lots fun of- the way it kind of looked like it was a mirror. Like when you heard the song, you were like, oh, she's dancing in the mirror. But then when it kind of like shows that both of them are there and you have the red hairband and the black hairband. And that was funny when Auntie, I think it was Auntie Z, was like, what's up with your... Red hair band, I was like, oh, crap, are they going to switch? Because uh, you kind of mm. thought that maybe Sabrina was going to go down there and get tr- tricked by a cool dance sequence to be like, I want to be in hell. Uh, and then when she was the one up and not hiding, I thought maybe they were going to switch by the end of the episode. I have a question for you. How long do you think they just danced? Like, what, how long? Like, if we all got together and we were just like, let's dance for a while. How long do you think that would last? <laughs> 30 seconds? If we were just just dancing. Uh, 10 songs? No talking. No talking. And we were having a good time. Well, what are we dancing to? Are we dancing to the Frozen 2 soundtrack, I assume? Because the whole thing then. I mean, if it was a Back to the Future cover band, there wouldn't be enough hours in the day, bro. Oh, good call, Pete. A Back to the Future cover band? Alex, you may not remember because um, when we were at the uh, Comic-Con on the Ocean Cruise Liner... Um, Pete and I saw this um, a Back to the Future themed '80s cover band. Every time, I think they played three nights in a row, and I think we went we're, to it every single every night. Time it got better. <laughs> and we every were time there, we drinking way too expensive drinks for literally six to seven hours. <laughs> we, <laughs> were, we heard every we single song they played, and they were actually very good. Yeah. There you go. All right. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about which which reigns supreme this episode. Uh, Justin, let's go to you first. Which which reigns supreme? Um, I mean, this episode is hard. I would find it hard to choose anyone but Sabrina. Um, So I'm going to give it up for um, I'm going to go with uh, Sabrina Morningstar, though. I thought she um, coming in uh, at the end of the episode, basically, and still bringing like that the energy, I think the way they sort of positioned her and the way uh, and closed out the episode with her being this main character now to the second Sabrina, I thought was really great. And she's got her shit together. Pete, what about you? Well, before I give my uh, thing, I just want to give a shout out. I wanted to say the uh, Auntie Z and Mar- Marie kiss was was nice. I thought that was really well done and powerful. I'm very excited to see how that unfolds. Um, but 
2020 has taken a lot of things from us, uh, but old Gus. Oh, real quick, sorry. How long uh, is, is this one, speech? How long yeah, is this, this speech going to be? be? I just want to five. Wanna, type five. I will. Type. I will run to the bathroom if I have time. Yeah, yeah. It's a type I'll five. Stick around. It's a type five. Uh, this is old yeah. Gus, who's old the, your G- favorite witch. Yeah, Gus. Old Gus is my favorite uh, prospector <laughs> slash hobo slash uh, old timey wino, and uh, he was taken from us too soon. It was uh, with this episode coming out today, of course, as you're listening to it on December 31st, the last day of the year. Looks like 2020 took one last thing from us, and it was old <laughs> Gus himself. Uh, I yes. uh, we've I forgot to talk about the Anne Hilda and Zelda scene where the miner attacked them, uh, which I thought was very nice. We got a little bit of badass Anne Hilda in there. Yeah, so we did. I yeah. would lean towards that, but I think I'm going to go with Ambrose this episode, just because I was so Ambrose. happy to see him again and worried but studious Ambrose is my favorite Ambrose. Uh, and it was just fun to see him throughout the episode weaving that stuff in. Um, just love him uh, twirling that, what do you call it, uh, conductor baton thing that he has in his hand? Uh, yes, a conductor baton. I didn't say the word baton. I think I said conductor stick. But <laughs> baton is, I think, the correct word. Uh, yeah, him twirling that and just sort of thinking about stuff I think was really fun to see. So other than Serena, you were right. Ambrose, I, I got to give it up for it. It is funny. Ambrose is sort of like the heat check uh, on the show. Like this in this episode, he's like all the way back at zero. He's like, hey, everything's cool. Nothing to worry about here. And then he'll over the course of the episodes, he'll slowly get more and more like we're all fucked. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so man. it is great. Uh, but good it stuff. Is, it is oh, great ahead, that dude. the show is back. Uh, it was it was fantastic to, just to hear the music again and uh, kind of get back into us. It's exciting. Yeah, and hopefully, like, even though the this it's ending, like, you got to think they're going to want to spin off some number of characters. So, like, there's a, obviously a chance for a young Gus prequel. Oh, mm-hmm. man, a young Gus Dorcas kind of, like, get-together type of thing. Oh. Yeah, Netflix is like, we're going to cancel this popular show, but put out a young <laughs> Gus show. <laughs> you uh, know, old Netflix. Gus maybe is uh, Dorcas's long-lost father, and he started drinking when he found out Dorcas was dead. Uh, man, yeah, I can't. I cannot wait until you discover what fanfic is, Pete. That's going to be an exciting day. <laughs> You're going to really enjoy this. I like the idea that you think Old Gus just started drinking. He's like, oh, took my first sip. I got to go stand by this burn barrel. That's how drinking works. That's true. All right. If you like to support the show and other shows, we do Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out and check it out. We would love to chat with you about chilling adventures of Sabrina. Uh, also, we don't have specific chilling adventures of Sabrina social stuff, but we do have Riverdale stuff where we roll that out. Uh, at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, until next time, keep twirling that conductor stick, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs>
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.